1 Chronicles chapter 22. David then said, This is the place where the temple of the Lord God will be, along with the altar for burnt sacrifices for Israel. David orders the temple to be built. David ordered the resident foreigners in the land of Israel to be called together. He appointed some of them to be stone cutters, to chisel stones for the building of God's temple. David supplied a large amount of iron for the nails and the doors of the gates, and for the braces, more bronze than could be weighed, and more cedar logs than could be counted. The Sidonians and the Tyrians had brought a large amount of cedar logs to David. David said, My son Solomon is just an inexperienced young man, and the temple to be built for the Lord must be especially magnificent, so it will become famous and be considered splendid by all the nations. Therefore I will make preparations for its construction. So David made extensive preparations before he died. He summoned his son Solomon and charged him to build a temple for the Lord God of Israel. David said to Solomon, My son, I really want to build a temple to honour the Lord my God. But this was the Lord's message to me. You have spilled a great deal of blood and fought many battles. You must not build a temple to honour me, for you have spilled a great deal of blood on the ground before me. Look, you will have a son who will be a peaceful man. I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side. Indeed, Solomon will be his name. I will give peace to Israel and quiet during his reign. He will build a temple to honour me. He will become my son, and I will become his father. I will grant to his dynasty permanent rule over Israel. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you. May you succeed and build a temple to the Lord your God, just as he announced you would. Only may the Lord give you insight and understanding when he places you in charge of Israel, so you may obey the law of the Lord your God then you will succeed if you carefully obey the rules and regulations which the Lord ordered Moses to give to Israel. Be strong and brave, don't be afraid and don't panic. Now look, I have made every effort to supply what is needed to build the Lord's temple. I have stored up 100,000 talents of gold, 1 million talents of silver, and so much bronze and iron it cannot be weighed, as well as wood and stones. Feel free to add more. You also have available many workers, including stonecutters, masons, carpenters, and an innumerable array of workers who are skilled in using gold, silver, bronze, and iron. Get up and begin the work. May the Lord be with you. David ordered all the officials of Israel to support his son Solomon. He told them, The Lord your God is with you. He has made you secure on every side, for he handed over to me the inhabitants of the region, and the region is subdued before the Lord and his people. Now seek the Lord your God wholeheartedly and with your entire being. Get up and build the sanctuary of the Lord God. Then you can bring the ark of the Lord's covenant and the holy items dedicated to God's service into the temple that is built to honour the Lord. 1 Chronicles chapter 23, David organises the Levites. When David was old and approaching the end of his life, he made his son Solomon king over Israel. David assembled all the leaders of Israel, along with the priests and the Levites. The Levites, who were 30 years old and up, were counted. There were 38,000 men. David said, Of these, 24,000 are to direct the work of the Lord's temple. 
6,000 are to be officials and judges, 4,000 are to be gatekeepers, and 4,000 are to praise the Lord with the instruments I supplied for worship. David divided them into groups corresponding to the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merai. The Gershonites included Ladan and Shemai, the sons of Ladan, Jehiel the oldest, Zetham and Joel, three in all. The sons of Shemai, Shelamoth, Haziel and Haran, three in all. These were the leaders of the family of Ladan. The sons of Shemai, Jehath, Zini, Jeush, Beriah. These were Shemai's sons, four in all. Jehath was the oldest and Zizah was the second oldest. Jeush and Beriah did not have many sons, so they were considered one family with one responsibility. The sons of Kohath, Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel, four in all. The sons of Amran, Aaron, and Moses. Aaron and his descendants were chosen on a permanent basis to consecrate the most holy items, to offer sacrifices before the Lord to serve him and to praise his name. The descendants of Moses, the man of God, were considered Levites. The sons of Moses, Gershon and Eliezer. The son of Gershon, Shebuel, the oldest. The son of Eliezer was Rabihah, the oldest. Eliezer had no other sons, but Rehabah had many descendants. The son of Ishar, Shalamath, the oldest. The sons of Hebron, Jeriah, the oldest. Amariah, the second. Jehazel, the third and Jachamin the fourth, the sons of Uziel, Micah the oldest, and Ishiah the second, the sons of Merari, Mali and Mushi, the sons of Mali, Eliezer and Kish. Eliezer died without having sons, he had only daughters. The sons of Kish, their cousins, married them. The sons of Mushi, Mali, Eda, and Jeremoth, three in all. These were the descendants of Levi according to their families, that is, the leaders of the families as counted and individually listed, who carried out assigned tasks to the Lord's temple and were twenty years old and up. For David said, The Lord God of Israel has given his people rest and has permanently settled in Jerusalem. So the Levites no longer need to carry the tabernacle or any of the items used in its service. According to David's final instruction, the Levites, twenty years old or older, were counted. Their job was to help Aaron's descendants in the service of the Lord's temple. They were to take care of the courtyards, the rooms, ceremonial purification of all the holy items, and other jobs related to the service of God's temple. They also took care of the bread that is displayed, the flour for offerings, the unleavened wafers, the round cakes, the mixing and all the measuring. They also stood in a designated place every morning and offered thanks and praise to the Lord. They also did this in the evening, and whenever burnt sacrifices were offered to the Lord on the Sabbath and at new moon festivals and assemblies, a designated number were to serve before the Lord regularly in accordance with regulations. They were in charge of the meeting tent and the holy place and helped their relatives, the descendants of Aaron, in the service of the Lord's temple. 1 Chronicles chapter 24, David organises the priests. The divisions of Aaron's descendants were as follows. The sons of Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Nadab and Abihu died before their father did. They had no sons. Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests. David, Zadok, a descendant of Eleazar, and Ahimelech, 
a descendant of Ithamar, divided them into groups to carry out their assigned responsibilities. The descendants of Eleazar had more leaders than the descendants of Ithamar, so they divided them up accordingly. The descendants of Eleazar had sixteen leaders, while the descendants of Ithamar had eight. They divided them by lots, for there were officials in the holy palace and officials designated by God among the descendants of both Eleazar and Ithamar. The scribe Shemaiah, son of Nathaniel, a Levite, wrote down their names before the king. The officials, Zadok the priest, Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, and the leaders of the priestly and Levite families. One family was drawn by lot from Eleazar, and then the next from Ithamar. The first lot went to Jehorarib, the second to Jehoda, the third to Harim, the fourth to Serim, the fifth to Malkijar, the sixth to Majahim, the seventh to Hekoz, the eighth to Abijah, the ninth to Jeshua, the tenth to Shechaniah, the eleventh to Eliashib, the twelfth to Jakim, the thirteenth to Hupar, the fourteenth to Jesabib, the fifteenth to Bilgar, the sixteenth to Imma, the seventeenth to Heziah, the eighteenth to Hapizez, the nineteenth to Pethiah, the twentieth to Jehezkel, the twenty-first to Jakin, the twenty-second to Gamel, the twenty-third to Deliah, the twenty-fourth to Maziah. This was the order in which they carried out their assigned responsibilities when they entered the Lord's temple according to the regulations given them by their ancestor Aaron just as the Lord God of Israel had instructed him. Remaining Levites. The rest of the Levites included Shubel from the sons of Amram, Jedidiah from the sons of Shubel, the firstborn Ishiah from Rehiabah and the sons of Rehiabah, Shelemoth from the Erezites, Jahath the son of Shelemoth, the sons of Hebron, Jeriah, Amariah the second, Jehazael the third, and Jachamim the fourth, the son of Uziel, Micah, Shemir from the sons of Micah, the brother of Micah, Ishiah, Zechariah from the sons of Ishiah, the sons of Merari, Mali and Mushi, the son of Jaziah, Benno, the sons of Merariah, from Jaziel, Benno, Shehoam, Zakur and Ibri, from Mali, Eliasa, who had no sons, from Kish, Jeremiel, the sons of Mushi, Mali, Edda, and Jeremoth. Those were the Levites listed by their families. Like their relatives, the descendants of Aaron, they also cast lots before King David, Zadok, Ahimelech, and the leaders of families, the priests and the Levites. The families of the eldest son cast lots along with those of the youngest. 1 Chronicles chapter 25 David organises the musicians. David and the army officers selected some of the sons of Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun to prophesy as they played stringed instruments and cymbals. The following men were assigned this responsibility. From the sons of Asaph, Zakur, Joseph, Nethaniah, and Azriel. The sons of Asaph were supervised by Asaph, who prophesied under the king's supervision. From the sons of Jeduthun, Gedaliah, Zuri, Jeshiah, Hashibiah, Metuthiah, six in all, under the supervision of their father Jeduthun, who prophesied as he played the harp, giving thanks and praise to the Lord. From the sons of Heman, 
Ukiah, Metaniah, Uziel, Shebuel, Jeremoth, Hananiah, Hananiah, Eliathar, Gedalti, Ramati Ezur, Josh Bekashash, Melothi, Hothia, and Mahuziath. All these were the sons of Heman, the king's prophet. God had promised him these sons in order to make him prestigious. God gave Heman fourteen sons and three daughters. All these were under the supervision of their fathers. They were musicians in the Lord's temple, playing cymbals and stringed instruments as they served in God's temple. Asaph, Jeduthun, and Heman were under the supervision of the king. They and their relatives, all of them skilled and trained to make music to the Lord, numbered 288. They cast lots to determine their responsibilities, oldest as well as youngest, teacher as well as student. The first lot went to Asaph's son Joseph and his relatives and sons, twelve in all. The second to Gedalthia and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The third to Zakur and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The fourth to Isri and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The fifth to Nathaniel and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The sixth to Bukiah and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The seventh to Jeshurah and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The eighth to Jeshiah and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The ninth to Metaniah and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The tenth to Shimei and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The eleventh to Azarel and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The twelfth to Hashibiah and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The thirteenth to Shubael and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The fourteenth to Mattithiah and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The fifteenth to Jeremoth and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The sixteenth to Hananiah and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The seventeenth to Josh Bekashash and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The eighteenth to Hananiah and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The nineteenth to Malothi and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The twentieth to Elathiah and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The twenty-first to Hothia and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The twenty-second to Gidalthi and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The twenty-third to Mahoziath and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. The twenty-fourth to Ramati Ezra and his sons and relatives, twelve in all. Psalm 78, a well-written song by Asaph. Pay attention, my people, to my instruction. Listen to the words I speak. I will sing a song that imparts wisdom. I will make insightful observations about the past. What we have heard and learned, that which our ancestors have told us, we will not hide from their descendants. We will tell the next generation about the Lord's praiseworthy acts, about his strength and the amazing things he has done. He established a rule in Jacob. He set up a law in Israel. He commanded our ancestors to make his deeds known to their descendants so that the next generation, children yet to be born, might know about them. They will grow up and tell their descendants about them. Then they will place their confidence in God. They will not forget the works of God and they will obey his commands. 
then they will not be like their ancestors who were stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that was not committed and faithful to God. The Ephraimites were armed with bows, but they retreated in the day of battle. They did not keep their covenant with God and they refused to obey his law. They forgot what he had done, the amazing things he had shown them. He did amazing things in the sight of their ancestors, in the land of Egypt, in the region of Zoan. He divided the sea and led them across it. He made the water stand in a heap. He led them with a cloud by day and with the light of a fire all night long. He broke open rocks in the wilderness and gave them enough water to fill the depths of the sea. He caused streams to flow from the rock and made the water flow like rivers. Yet they continued to sin against him and rebelled against the Most High in the desert. They willfully challenged God by asking for food to satisfy their appetite. They insulted God, saying, Is God really able to give us food in the wilderness? Yes, he struck a rock and water flowed out. Streams gushed forth. But can he also give us food? Will he provide meat for his people? When the Lord heard this, he was furious. A fire broke out against Jacob, and his anger flared up against Israel, because they did not have faith in God, and did not trust his ability to deliver them. He gave a command to the clouds above, and opened the doors in the sky. He rained down manna for them to eat. He gave them the grain of heaven. Man ate the food of the mighty ones. He sent them more than enough to eat. He brought the east wind through the sky, and by his strength led forth the south wind. He rained down meat on them like dust, birds as numerous as the sand on the seashores. He caused them to fall right in the middle of their camp, all around their homes. They ate until they were beyond full. He gave them what they desired. They were not yet filled up. Their food was still in their mouths when the anger of God flared up against them. He killed some of the strongest of them. He brought the young men of Israel to their knees. Despite all this, they continued to sin and did not trust him to do amazing things. So he caused them to die unsatisfied and filled with terror. When he struck them down, they sought his favour. They turned back and longed for God. They remembered that God was their protector and that God Most High was their deliverer. But they deceived him with their words and lied to him. They were not really committed to him and they were unfaithful to his covenant. Yet he was compassionate. He forgives sin and does not destroy. He often holds back his anger and does not stir up his fury. He remembered that they were made flesh and were like a wind that blows past and does not return. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and insulted him in the wastelands. They again challenged God and offended the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember what he had done, how he delivered them from the enemy when he performed his awesome deeds in Egypt and his acts of judgment in the region of Zoan. He returned their rivers into flood, and they could not drink from their streams. He sent swarms of biting insects against them, as well as frogs that overran their land. He gave their crops to the grasshopper, the fruit of their labour to the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail, and their sycamore fig trees with driving rain. He rained down hail on their cattle and hurled lightning bolts down on their livestock. His raging anger lashed out against them. He sent fury, rage and trouble as messengers who bring disaster. He sent his anger in full force. He did not spare them from death. He handed their lives over to destruction. 
He struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, the firstfruits of their reproductive power, in the tents of Ham. Yet he brought out his people like sheep. He led them through the wilderness like a flock. He guided them safely along, and they were not afraid, but the sea covered their enemies. He brought them to the border of his holy land, to this mountainous land that is his right hand acquired. He drove the nations out before them. He assigned them their tribal allotments and allowed the tribes of Israel to settle down. Yet they challenged and defied God Most High and did not obey his commands. They were unfaithful and acted as treacherously as their ancestors. They were as unreliable as a malfunctioning bow. They made him angry with their pagan shrines and made him jealous with their idols. God heard and was angry. He completely rejected Israel. He abandoned the sanctuary at Shiloh, the tent where he lived among men. He allowed the symbol of his strong presence to be captured. He gave the symbol of his splendour into the hand of his enemy. He delivered his people over to the sword and was angry with his chosen nation. Fire consumed their young men, and their virgins remained unmarried. Their priests fell by the sword, but their widows did not weep. But then the Lord awoke from his sleep. He was like a warrior in a drunken rage. He drove his enemies back. He made them a permanent target for insults. He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. He chose the tribe of Judah and Mount Zion, which he loves. He made his sanctuary as enduring as the heavens above, as secure as the earth, which he established permanently. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. He took him away from following the mother sheep and made him the shepherd of Jacob, his people, and of Israel, his chosen nation. David cared for them with pure motives. He led them with skill. Psalm 5, the expectation of justification. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained access into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of God's glory. Not only this, but we also rejoice in sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly, for rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person perhaps someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates its own love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, because we have now been declared righteous by his blood, we will be saved through him from God's wrath. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, how much more, since we have been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? Not only this, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. The Amplification of Justification So then, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all people because all sinned, for before the law was given, sin was in the world, but there was no accounting for sin when there was no law. Yet death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who did not sin, in the same way that Adam, who is a type for the coming one, transgressed. 
But the gracious gift is not like the transgression. For if the many died through the transgression of the one man, how much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ multiply to the many? And how the gift is not like the one who sinned. For judgment, resulting from the one transgression, led to condemnation, but the gracious gift from the many failures led to justification. For if by the transgression of the one man death reigned through the one, how much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as condemnation for all people came through one transgression, so too through the one righteous act came righteousness leading to the life for all people. For just as though the disobedience of the one man many were constituted sinners, so also through the obedience of one man many will be constituted righteous. Now the law came in so that the transgression may increase, but where sin increased, grace multiplied all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 